Good evening. It's good to be here with all of you. And uh, we're going to begin our time of worship this evening with singing. And if you are worshiping with us from home, the uh, lyrics should appear on your screen. So be sure to sing right along with us. Our first hymn is going to be Christ for the World We Sing. Christ for the world we sing. Our next hymn is Zion's Call, and after we sing this hymn, uh, then Gene Arrowwood will direct our thoughts in prayer. Zion's Call. Now we will go to our Father in prayer. Let's pray, please. Father God in heaven, hallowed be your precious name. Holy, righteous, perfect, wonderful God you are, Father. 
You are the creator of everything. You created us, you created the world. And Father, we thank you so much for so many blessings. Father, we uh, pray for the health of very many. Several among us are suffering from various maladies and we pray that you'd be with each one, give them strength and courage and healing problem. Father, we pray. Father, we pray for our nation, uh, especially at this time. Uh, we need you, Father. We need you bad. Father, be with uh, all those that are running for political office, and we pray for all of our leaders from city to federal. Uh, please bless everyone and help them to always try to do the right thing. Uh, Father, we pray that this uh, virus might be uh, conquered, that uh, pray for the medical community that is working on this fervently, give them success, and pray that uh, soon we will have some kind of cure, maybe a vaccine or whatever they come up with that will work. Father, we pray that we will get through this, and we know that you'll be with us till we do. Thank you, Father, for being with this church through this early part of the virus. You've been with us for several months as we've struggled uh, with the uh, virus, and we pray that you'll continue to be with us, strengthen us, and help us through to the end of the virus. Father, thank you so much for all your blessings. Please continue to bless us and love us, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Before the scripture reading and the lesson, we will sing, My Jesus, As Thou Wilt. It's hard to imagine more appropriate words in a hymn for the times we are enduring.
The scripture reading for this evening comes from Isaiah chapter 43. I will be reading from the English Standard Version. I'll give you a moment to get there. It's Isaiah 43. The selection is verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. But now thus saith the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Good evening. So, uh, so glad to be with you here this evening. There's uh, a few more uh, than are usually here on, on Sunday nights when we meet indoors. This is, of course, the, the first time we've officially uh, opened the doors uh, since, uh, since March on a Sunday night. We, we got rained in one night, <laughs> and so we won't count that one, but there's uh, probably 40 uh, or so, 35, 40 with us here tonight in the, in the building. And um, we, uh, we, we don't open up the building um, without the knowledge of what's going on in our region right now. We, we know that, that cases are still high. And so this isn't a, an encouragement for, for you to, to be here. But if, if you wanted to be amidst a smaller crowd um, than the Sunday morning crowd, then maybe the Sunday night time would be the, the time to, to come. But, but uh, if, if it is, if it is uh, in the best interest of your health to continue um, worshiping with us virtually, then by all means, that's, that's what you need to do. Um, we're so glad that, that there are um, 35 or so here with us tonight, but we know that there's so many more worshiping with us in your home right now, and we're glad that you're there with us too. Um, we, uh, before the, the lesson, before service started tonight, we had a, a short devotional um, concerning our, our nation, praying for our nation. And, and Danny reminded us that the steadfast love of God endures forever. And how, how much we need that right now, heading into, uh, heading into a week that there's a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? Um, and regardless of, of who's elected, I think that there's, there's a lot of uh, nervousness as far as, the, as, as what people will do with that information and with that outcome. People, if, if their candidate isn't elected, and there's a lot of reasons to, to maybe be a little afraid. But the reminder that God's steadfast love endures forever and that he is in control, that should bring us a lot of comfort. Um, because if we've learned anything over the past uh, eight, nine months now of 2020, uh, we, we should have learned that God's in control and that there's a whole lot that the world can throw at us and we're still standing here and we're still praising and we're still worshiping and there's a lot that the world can take away from us, but we would have to relinquish our spirit. We'd have to relinquish our soul and that, like, the world just can't uh, take that away from us. So there's a lot to be thankful for. And as we enter into the month of November, that's something that's always on our mind, too, is, is thankfulness. And so this week, let me challenge you, as, as uh, a lot of you will be tempted, and I know I will be tempted, to probably uh, submerse myself in some of the fear, whether right or wrong. You know that the, the news is going to project fear, <laughs> regardless of what happens. Uh, Instead of, instead of buying into a lot of that, let's find ways that we can be thankful. God's done some amazing things already in 2020. He's, he's brought us this far, and, 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 and it's uncomfortable, but we're here, and we're still standing, and we're still able to worship him. Find ways to be thankful this week, and let it carry through this month into the, and into the holiday. You know, when we think about uh, when, I, when I think about that, the election coming up, and, 
and what lays ahead in the future and, and what's going to happen. Um, what's going to happen with this COVID and, and when, when's the, when is a vaccine going to be available? When's the return to normal going to happen? And, and what's going to happen, you know, uh, personally for, for so many people, you know, are they going to find jobs? What's going to happen with certain people's health? There's a whole lot of questions that I can't answer. And that's troubling when, when I can't answer a question. And I know it's probably the same for you. When we don't have control, when we don't know the outcome of something that's coming up, it, it, it's disappointing, and it's beyond disappointing. It's sometimes it's, it's downright fearful uh, because we want to know. I want to know that this is going to happen on this day. You know, I think that if, if at the beginning of this whole pandemic, if they would have said, you know what, we're going to have to lock down for an entire year, and this is what it's going to look like, but after one year, everything's going to be back to normal. Or after whatever the time period, I think there would have been more comfort. We still wouldn't have liked it. We still wouldn't have liked the mask. But just having the idea of knowing, okay, this is when it's over, there's some comfort in knowing what's around the corner. But right now, the situation we're in, the only one who truly knows what's around the corner is God. In 1966, Brian Wilson produced a song that he wrote with Tony Asher called God Only Knows. Uh, Brian's brother Carl, of course, they're the, the Beach Boys. He sang, Carl sang the, uh, the lead vocals off of this song, um, and that was off the Beach Boys' famous Pet Sounds record. And of all the amazing songs that, that Brian Wilson wrote and produced for the Beach Boys, and he was extremely talented, God Only Knows is regarded by many as, as their best. In fact, it's the personal favorite uh, of famous songwriters like Jimmy Webb and, and, and Paul McCartney. Um, and it's a beautiful song that was carefully put together with, with each sound in, in, the, in each instrument having an important purpose. And, and Brian Wilson, he was, a, he was a genius. He brought in 20 studio musicians to, to, uh, to help uh, play on this song, and they played clarinets and, and French horns and guitars and accordions uh, and upright bass. And some of those musicians even played things like jingle bells and orange juice containers um, because Brian had decided, wow, that's a, that's a beautiful sound that I want in this song. God Only Knows was a meticulously created piece of art. The theme of the song is found in the lyrics of the chorus, which says, God only knows what I'd be without you. And that's how the song, or that's how the singer feels about his beloved. God is the only thing, is the only being that could possibly know what I'd be without you. And it is a sweet sentiment, and it's a very romantic song, and it reminds us that there are certain things in life that God will be the only one to ever know. And when we're living through this pandemic right now, we're living through this election right now, we're living through fill in the blank for 2020, there are certain things that God only knows. He only knows our hearts. He only knows our intentions. He only knows our pain. God only knows our dedication. He only knows our feelings. He only knows our, our innermost thoughts and secrets. God only knows. There's a, a group called, uh, a, a, a band, I guess, called uh, For King and Country, and, and I'd never really heard of them before, but I heard a song that they recently released, and it's also titled God Only Knows. And the chorus says, God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. And there's a kind of love that God only knows. Now, if you haven't figured out, a couple weeks ago on the um, YouTube, I, I, you know, quoted some song lyrics. I, I like music. It, it, it moves me sometimes. And I like listening to these words. But the words of this song really struck me. I heard it for the first time a couple of weeks ago when we were going to visit my brother, and it, and it and really, really touched me. Because sometimes we find ourselves in situations where God only truly knows what we're going through. During hard times and failures and, and struggles and, and loss, 
we have to put on this, this brave face to the world around us, our, our coworkers, our, our classmates, and, and even our family sometimes. But inside, God only knows what's going on, doesn't he? God only knows. He only truly knows our heartaches, our cares. He only truly knows the extent of our sin and the burden of guilt that we carry. He, he only knows our, our secret thoughts. He only knows the amount of pain we have. He knows. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's altogether comforting. And it's altogether frightening, isn't it? That God the Father knows. Comforting to know that when we're scared, when we're worried, when we're, when we're sad, and when we're downtrodden, in ways that no one else can possibly understand, that God already knows. And he cares and he loves us. And it's frightening to know that we cannot escape his sight at any time. That that he always sees us. Like the, the song says, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. God knows. Can you imagine how... Simon the Pharisee felt in, in Luke chapter 7. We, we studied this in, in our Bible class this morning. He invited Jesus over for dinner, and, and suddenly this woman appears washing Jesus' feet with her tears and wiping them with his, her hair. And in verse 39, Simon says to himself, in fact, the King James Version said, he said within himself, <laughs> he, 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 he had a thought He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Now he's thinking that in his head. Verse 40 says, and Jesus answering said to him. Can you imagine how Simon must have thought, like, hold on a second, did I, I didn't say that out loud, did I? Well, what's what's going on here? How many of us could, could really get ourselves into some trouble if other people could, could read our thoughts. <laughs> I'd, I'd get myself in a lot of trouble sometimes, I think. God knows, though. He knows everything. He knows all. He knows every hair that's on our head. And he knows every worry that we lay down with at night. He knows all our hopes. He knows all our fears, all our struggles, all our temptations, all our, temptations, all our uh, weaknesses. He knows the reason for every tear we cry. And most importantly, he cares. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. And there's a kind of love that God only knows. So tonight for a few minutes, what I'd like to do is is talk about a few things that God only knows. And how his knowledge of those things can bring us comfort, and how his knowledge can bring accountability. First, I want to I want to start off with saying, you know, God God knows the God knows our warts. God knows our ugly parts. God knows the bad. God was clear with his instructions concerning the children of Israel at the battle of Jericho. Nothing was to be taken. Everything that uh, didn't belong to Rahab was to have been destroyed uh, or taken into the treasury of the Lord. But nothing was to be taken uh, as spoils by the, uh, by the soldiers. But during the battle, Achan, maybe he was left by himself and he sees this beautiful garment. And he just had to have it. And he thought, no one's going to know. No one's going to know that I'm going to grab this. It's not going to hurt anybody. Um, by doing this, I'm just going to take it. And while I'm taking something, I might as well grab a few handfuls of silver and a bar of gold. And no one knew, but God knew. And as the children moved on from Jericho to take the city of Ai, uh, in uh, verse 5 of chapter 7 in, in the book of Joshua, it says, the heart's of the people melted and became as water because we find out earlier in verse 5 that that 36 men were killed in the battle of Ai. 36 Israelite men were killed in the battle of Ai. A simple battle that should have been an easy victory. 36 men died and they were chased out of Ai. 
And the, the, the children of Israel's hearts melted like water because this was not supposed to happen. In the battle of Jericho, nobody died. Nobody got hurt. What's going on here? Why, why are we suddenly have gone from immortal to mortal? What is happening? In fact, Joshua has that, that conversation with God. In verse 6, he tears his clothes. He fell to the earth uh, and, and uh, on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening. And he and the elders of Israel, they all put dust on their heads. And he basically asked God, did you abandon us? What happened? I, I thought we were your people. I thought we were your army. I thought we were doing this for you. Did you send us out here to, to be killed? Like, well, I don't understand what's going on. And God tells Joshua, there's sin in the camp. And this is what happens. And, and, and this is what happens when there's sin in the camp. As people die. As there's repercussions. And God cannot exist where sin is. Let's think about that for a second. God is so good and his nature is so good. He cannot be in the same place as sin. And so when there's sin in the camp of the Israelites, he can't be there. And so when they go before Ai... They didn't have God with them. And 36 men died. And Achan knew. And God knew. And the next morning, Joshua called all the, the uh, children of Israel tribe by tribe until God picked out the tribe uh, of, of Judah. And there must have been some kind of buzz going around camp. Somebody did something. And Achan knew. And they're thinking, everybody's thinking, well, is it my tribe? And then the tribe of Judah was called. And now they're starting to think, okay, uh, which clan is it? Is it, it's, it can't be in our clan, right? And Achan knew. And he started calling them clan by clan. And, and you can almost hear the people say, who is it? Who is it? And then once they, they got to his clan, they started calling him man by man until he came to Achan. God knew. And Achan's sin, his, his secret sin, his secret sin that wasn't going to hurt anyone ended up costing 36 men their life. It ended up costing Achan his life. It ended up costing Achan's family their life as well. God only knows. God only knows some of the things that we do that we think no one knows about. Things that aren't hurting anybody. How many families have been destroyed by sin that wasn't going to hurt anybody? That's just harmless flirtation. This is just something I do in my own time that nobody knows about. How many families have been destroyed by things that no one knows about, that aren't going to hurt anybody? God knows. God only knows some of the things that, that we do that we think no one knows about. Those things, those secret things can have lasting effects. They can cost us our eternal life. God only knows. God only knows when we're sad. John 11 starts with uh, us finding out that, that Lazarus, uh, Lazarus is ill uh, in Bethany and that his, that his sister Mary has rushed to Jesus to, to inform him that Lazarus is, is ill and to, to try to compel Jesus to come see him. But Jesus waits. Uh, he waits. He knew how the story was going to end. Uh, in fact, when he was finally on his way, he told his disciples in verse 14, Lazarus is dead. And not only that, he says, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad that I was not there so you may believe. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew Lazarus was going to die, and he knew that he was going to bring Lazarus back from, from the dead. In verse, uh, by the time Jesus arrives in verse 17, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And when Jesus arrived in the village, he saw Martha and then Mary, and he saw all who were consoling them, and he saw all the Jews who were there weeping. And in verse 33, it says, Jesus was deeply moved in his spirit, and he was greatly troubled. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew that in moments he would be talking to Lazarus again. But he was still moved, and he was still troubled, not by the last of Lazarus. Verse 35, it says, he wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved him. And Jesus did love Lazarus. He wasn't weeping over Lazarus. He was weeping for all those who were heartbroken. And that's who he is. Jesus weeps for the friends of Lazarus, even though he knows it's going to be okay. 
You know, when I see my kids start to get sad about something, even when I know it's not that big of a deal, even when I know everything's going to be okay, sometimes I still get a little sad myself watching them be sad. How many of you are like me and you've seen the same movie a hundred times, but there's still parts in that same movie that every time you see it, it makes you tear up a little bit, makes you cry a little bit? Remember the Titans, that's, that's one for me. Every time I watch it, I've probably seen it a hundred times, I'll tear up a little bit every time I see it. I mean, we know what's going to happen, but those emotions are still real, and they still, they still move us. This is who God is. He cares for his children, even when he knows it's going to be okay. He knows our sadness, and he cares. Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And I love how the psalmist describes that feeling of not just being brokenhearted, but being crushed in spirit. Have, have you been there? Are you there right now? Nothing going right. You just need the win. You, you just need something to go your way. You've been dealt loss after loss and, and after so many trials and losses and, and failures in life, at some point, you just feel crushed. Your spirit just feels crushed. And, and you wonder, can anyone really know and understand what I'm feeling right now? Can anyone understand what I'm going through? Can anyone know what I've been through? Can anyone know what people are saying about me? God only knows. God only knows. And he cares. And he is near. And he saves. God knows. God only knows what you're going through. Hosea, the book of Hosea, chapter 1, verse 2, God tells Hosea, Go take for yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom. And so Hosea took Gomer to be his wife. And Gomer bore him three children. The first was named after a battlefield. The second was named No Mercy. And the third one was named Not Mine. This isn't a good family situation. And when Gomer left him, God told Hosea, you go buy her back. You go purchase her back. What must Hosea have been going through? Who could have possibly understood what he was going through? His family life was a wreck. I know sometimes we may think that sometimes our, we, we have problems in our home. Man, Hosea had problems in his home. His family life was a wreck, and there must have been people who were saying, what are you, what are you doing? Why do you, why do you put up with this, Hosea? What's going on, man? You know who she is. You know what she's doing. What are you doing? No one understood what Hosea was going through and why he was going through it. God did. God actually felt what Hosea felt. It's why he told Hosea to do what he was doing. Job's friends weren't very helpful either. Job's going through the most crushing time of his life, and no one understands. No one gets it. Job is dealing with the loss of, of everything he's, he owns. He's dealing with the loss of his health, and he's dealing with the loss of his children, and no one understood. No one understood what Job was going through and why he was going through it. You know, a lot of us are going through some trials right now with, with, with COVID and, and so many things going on in our world right now. And many of us and many around us may only know a fraction of what we're going through. And in many cases, no one knows why we're having to fight some of our battles. But God knows. Listen to what he says in, in Job or, or, what, or how the understanding is seen through Job. 34 verse 21, his eyes are not the ways of a man. He sees all his steps. 24, 23, he gives them security and they are supported and his eyes are upon their ways. He knows. Job 31, 4, does not he see my ways and number all my steps? Man, you didn't have to ask Job if, if anybody knew. Because he understood that God knew. 
He understood that God was there for him and that God saw every bit of what he was going through. Our battles, like Hosea, no one, no one really knows what's going on inside the, the walls of our home. No one really understands what's going on inside the walls of our, of our heads sometimes. The battles, the pain, the, the heartbreak, no one knows. Or like Job, no one knows the losses that you may be dealing with. The empty space in your heart left by someone who isn't there anymore. The pain of, of losing a job or, or losing a home. No one knows or understands the pain of slowly losing your health. Little by little be, becoming more and more dependent on others. No one knows that pain that you're feeling of, of not being able to do the things you used to do. God knows. God knows. God only knows what you're going through, and he cares. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And he does care, and he knows, and he knows that pain uh, that you're going through, and he knows... And he knows that when you feel like you're going through it alone, and he knows these things that you're going through that you don't want to tell anyone about, and he knows about the things that you're going through that maybe no one else will understand. God only knows, and he cares. God only knows the heart. In Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says, He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Verse 10 says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I get, but the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Pharisee's heart was set on himself and how much God needed him. Man, God really needed that Pharisee, didn't he? You know, he was so good. He, he tithed and he, and he fasted and he was not like all these other people. But the tax collector's heart was set on God and how much he needed God. Be merciful on me, a sinner. God knows the heart. A few chapters later in Luke chapter 21, Jesus knew the heart of the widow who gave her only two coins, who gave everything she had. Uh, to, uh, and, and he knew that she gave everything that she had without holding back anything. Psalm 139, verse 2. O Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. He knows. He knows our heart. In Luke 7, he knew the heart. We talked about it earlier. He knew the heart of the woman washing his feet and wiping them with her tears, wiping them with her, with her hair. And he knew the heart of Simon, the Pharisee, who wondered why Jesus would even allow such a woman to be near him. He knew the greedy heart of Judas, who was about to betray him. And he knew that dutiful yet waffling heart of Peter, who was about to deny him. God knew the heart of David like he knew his own. The heart of a, a child with faith that could, could fight a giant, but a heart that also could kill a man to steal his wife. God knows. God knows the heart. And that is something that God can only know. Proverbs 23, verse 7 in the King James Version says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's what God knows. God knows who you really are. He knows what you're thinking in your heart, what you've set your affection on, better than anyone, in your better than anyone else. And as you think in your heart, that is who you are. And God only knows. God only knows that. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. And that's a kind of love that God only knows. God knows our yesterdays. 
but he also knows our tomorrow. And, and he knows what is after this pandemic, and he knows what is coming after your job loss, and he knows what is coming after your heartbreak, and he knows what's coming after your pain and your losses and your, your failures and your mistakes and your fears. He knows. He knows and if you're a faithful child of God, he knows that after your greatest loss is coming your greatest victory. He knows that what he knows what happens in the world. And he knows that we couldn't make it. And he knew that we needed a savior. He knows exactly what we needed. The song says, "My Jesus knows just what I need." He satisfies and every need supplies. God only knows. And he cares and he supplies and he takes care of us. And he meets every need, most importantly, salvation. And that is a love that God only knows. God only knows how to love us perfectly. Think about that for a second. God only knows how to love us perfectly. We, we love each other as best we can. And, uh, you know, you can love your spouse and your children much better than I can love your spouse and your children. And I love my spouse and children much better than you can love my spouse and children. And I love them better than I probably love you. But even still, I don't love them as perfectly as God can love them. God loves us perfectly. And he loves us all perfectly. And that is his offer. That is his offer to us, is perfect love. A love that he only knows and understands. A love that is demonstrated in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Are you sad? Are you lonely? Are you, are you heartbroken? Someone knows. Someone cares. Someone understands. Let's look at a couple verses and then we'll close. Jeremiah 17:10. I the Lord search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his deeds. And then Isaiah 43 verses 1 through 3 what Randy read for us a minute ago. But thus says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Those words are just as true to us. I know. I know when you're going through those tough times. I know when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I know when that water seems like it's going to overcome you. I know when that fire seems like it's going to burn you. I know. And I know you're going to be okay. I'm your God. I am your Savior. God only knows. And he wants to comfort you, but it's going to require humble obedience on our part. If you haven't obeyed the word and followed Jesus through faith, repentance, confession, and baptism, then you can make that happen tonight. Whether you're, you're here in the room tonight with us or, or whether you're watching uh, locally or, or somewhere else, let us know. We can make sure that that happens tonight, that you can become a child of God tonight. And if you're a child of God who's fallen away, God hasn't forgotten about you. He knows. He still sees you. He still sees your pain. He still sees your tears. He still sees those cares. He knows. And, and it may be that he's the only one who knows. Maybe your church family doesn't know, and maybe there's things that, that we don't need to know, but we want to help. We, we, maybe there's things that we wouldn't understand, but we can pray to a God who does understand. And you may be surprised that there are people here among us who would actually understand. You may be surprised that there's, to find out that there's been many who have gone through exactly what you're going through now. But even if there's not, God knows. God knows. We serve a God who loves perfectly. And he is ready to love you perfectly. And whatever your need is tonight, he is ready to, to be with you. And so are we to pray with you and for you. Whatever your need is, please come as together we stand and sing.
O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Through death into life everlasting, he passed and we follow him there. Over us in no more hath dominion, for more than conquerors we are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonder, face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Be seated, please. At this time, we will have some thoughts and prayers concerning the sacrifice of Jesus. The Lord's Supper has been prepared again for tonight, so those that have not taken it, please go ahead and remove the top layer. Let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and thank you for all the blessings you have given us. Father, please bless this bread that represents your son's body that was broken on the cross of Calvary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. give prayer for the cup father again we come to you bowed heads and humbled hearts we actually bless this cup that represents your son's blood that was shed for our sins may we take it in well-pleasing manner in jesus christ's name amen
Now will be the time to give the prayer for the uh, offering. Uh, thank you for everybody that has given. Let's play, pray. Father, we continue in prayer, asking you to bless this offering that's given of the heart. May the offering be given and used in a well-pleasing manner. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Our closing hymn will be one verse of when all of God's singers get home. And after we sing this verse, then we will pray and be dismissed. Please bow with me. Our God in heaven, thank you for another day of life. Thank you for giving us all the many things that you provide us with. Thank you so much, especially for allowing your son to come to earth and sacrifice his life that we may have life eternal. Lord, we ask you to help us all to continue that journey that we may inherit at home someday. Lord, we ask you to Watch over our nation, our rulers. Help us to do the things that's pleasing to thee. And with this virus going around and many other physical sicknesses, we know that you're in charge of this life and you know what's best. And we realize there's a reason for all things. And Lord, as we continue this week, we ask you to be with all of us and keep us safe. Forgive us, Father, when we do wrong. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.